Has anyone ever had someone say something to them that was just really encouraging? Anyone? Really encouraging? It is good to get a good word, right? Feels good? Kind of boosts your day? Sometimes you're having a bad day and somebody comes in and they just say the right thing? Uh, my, my wife has helping my children to say nice things to me. And they, not, they made this cool thing for me. I wanted to show it to you. You see that? That looked nice. It says, Daddy, that's me, okay? And Daddy is going to help my son make a Batman car, and we will win, uh, just in, in case you, you just come on out, and I'll share a hot dog with you. Um, Daddy, you are as smart as Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets better. You ready? You are as strong as the Hulk. Yeah. They think I am. I'm strong as the Hulk. That's good. You are as fast as Superman. Yeah. I wish I was fast. Okay. You are as brave as Batman. Any of you like Batman? Batman versus Superman real quick. Who's Batman? Who's with Batman? Who's with Superman? Oh, man. I think we have a, a, a Superman crowd here. Batman is brave, you know? He's got no superpowers whatsoever. He's just really cool stuff, cool gadgets and things. Uh, it says, you are our favorite superhero. This is what my kids, my kids made me. Oh, there's more in the back. Daddy, you are loved. Happy birthday. This is my, one of my birthday cards. Isn't that nice? It's a good word, Right? Now, have you ever had somebody tell you something just struck you down? Anybody? Somebody just dug you real deep, said something to you that made you feel terrible? You don't have to share it, but we've all been there. We've all had somebody. Now, listen, have you ever said something that cut somebody else down? Given an insult? Raised your voice sometime when you probably shouldn't have? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice all day long to have like a consultant uh, as, you, as you speak. Like have somebody stand there and be like, hey, I'm about to say this, and uh, what do you think? You think we'd be a little better off? Uh, a few years ago, more than a few years ago, there was a book written uh, by Charles Sheldon. It's called In His Steps. Has anyone ever read this book before? In His Steps. This book by Charles Sheldon, In His Steps, is where uh, the fad of WWJD came in. And who remembers that? What, what, what does that stand for? WWJD? What would Jesus do? Yeah, and some of you wore the wristbands. Some of you had a hat with WWJD or you had a t-shirt. Because it was cool back then to ask the question, what would Jesus do? Tonight, I really want to focus in on, and I, I do want to be uh, conscious of your time. I do want to be very practical, but something that I need, and I know it's something that we need from time to time as a, as a reminder, I want, to, I want to ask the question, instead of WWJD, WWJS, what would Jesus say? All right? I want to, I want to focus on our words for a second. I'm going to be very practical, because you've experienced the hurt of words. You've experienced how words can give you life and, and give you hope again and even inspire you to dream or do something you've never done. Uh, I want to go through very quickly but very clearly some spiritual truths 
that influence our words. Spiritual truths that influence our words. When we go to speak, there are some things in the Bible I want to encourage you about that we just need to remember. So many times we are prone naturally just to spout off and say whatever it is that's on our mind. But as a Christian, we need to consult what does the Bible say about this topic. The first spiritual truth I want to look at is the the spiritual truth of ownership. The truth of ownership. If you turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 is where we see what the Bible says about ownership. The Bible says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Before we get too far into the message, let's go ahead and pray. Ask God to help us. God, I ask that you would please help me to communicate these things that you've helped me with from your word. I pray, Father, that you would help us as redeemed people, as people that you love and, and people that are yours, that bear your name. God, to be conscious of what you want us to say. God, show us from your word tonight what you would say. I pray you'd help. Lord, we need it. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Um, when we're going to speak, we've got to remember the truth of ownership. The Bible says, if you're a Christian, and this is a message tonight, I want to preach mainly to Christians. If, if you're not certain uh, that you have a home in heaven and you're not sure, uh, we want you to know that Jesus died for you and, and he loves you no matter what you've ever done. He loves you in spite of that and he died for you, even while you're yet a sinner, okay? And we can have forgiveness in Christ. But when we're saved, when we're made alive, he wants us to live differently, and so we need to consult uh, what he's given us, and that's the Bible. And the Bible says uh, that we have uh, been bought, okay? We are no longer ours. The Bible says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, what we say is a question of ownership. What would Jesus say? Well, the question is, fundamentally, we need to ask the question, well, who decides what I say? All right? According to this verse, who decides what you do with your body? Or who should? Give me some feedback tonight. It's okay. It's all right. God decides, right? You're bought. Uh, you are not your own anymore. That's a, that may be a new principle for someone in here that when you're saved, God bought you with Jesus' blood. And so the, the, the principle of ownership says that we are no longer ours. Our body, our hands, including our lips and our mind and our spirit are no longer ours. So who gets to decide what we say? Who is the boss is the question. Who is your master? Who tells you what to say? And many times, practically speaking, the master has been us and we say the wrong thing. Okay, so listen to the principle of ownership. It says we should glorify God in our body. To glorify means to make look good. God bought us and the principle and the, tr the truth of ownership tells us that if God bought us, God should determine what we should say and it should glorify him. It should be something that reflects well on Jesus. Does that make sense? And the next truth is the, the spiritual truth of the overflow, Spiritual truth about the overflow. Uh, look in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. 
I want to read some verses to you. Verse number 34. Jesus used some powerful language in Matthew 12. Oh, generation of vipers. He gets on to some people here. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The the spiritual truth of the overflow teaches us that our words are an overflow of what's on the inside in our heart. He says, a good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings forth good things, or overflows good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I want you to think back over the last week. Actually, let's think back over the last afternoon, okay? What's coming out of your mouth? What words are you using with your family? What words are you using with strangers, people you interact with? See, you know what? Better than asking the question, what's coming out of your mouth? This truth of the overflow, ask the question, what's coming out of your heart, Okay? Because whatever comes out, all the words that come out, they only come from one place, and it comes from your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's the principle of the overflow. So at work, what do you say? What is it that you talk about? At work, uh, we can use our mouth for many different things, and, and our words can, can contain a, a multitude of different things. Um, some people's mouth at work, uh, what overflows is criticism. Uh, critical attitude, critical words toward the way the business is running or the boss or what they have to do. A um, uh, spirit of negativity comes out in our words. Uh, many times we use our words to um, just kind of engage in whatever everyone else is talking about, whether that's good or bad, whether that's something the guys are talking about or, or whatever is going on at work. What do you talk about at work? Do you talk about Jesus at work? Do you use your words to encourage at work? How about at home? Uh, what is coming out of your heart? Do you, is, is yelling coming out of your heart? Is anger coming out of your heart in your words? How about soft answers? Uh, soft words, kind words, generous words. Um, at home are selfish words coming out of your mouth. Um, maybe, maybe it's insulting, uh, calling names, whether that's calling children names or family members names. Do you speak healing words at home? Are the words that you use, do they help? You see, what happens is we need to inventory uh, according to this overflow idea. Is that out of our heart, we speak, okay? So we need to ask, what are we saying? And if we're honest with ourselves, many times we're saying the wrong things. Um, and that indicates a wrong heart. At church, what is it that you're saying? Uh, if you really would step back, and let's say you took a journal, even from this morning at church, and you wrote down all the things you said, uh, uh, I'm praying for you. It would be maybe something you'd say, or maybe something you said was in a whisper to somebody else of criticism. 
Uh, and yeah, oh, that happens at church. It does happen at church. Maybe what you said was a uh, uh, disparaging or a, a tearing down of maybe a, a, a person that you're uh, a leadership person, a staff member, uh, the pastor, or something about the sermon. The truth is, if we wrote down what we said, we'd be really good at taking an inventory, and it would give us a picture of what is in our hearts, because what is in our hearts comes out. You see, this uh, truth of the overflow, it gives the illustration of a fountain, a fountain. And if you turn over to James, uh, there uh, toward the end of your Bible, in James chapter 3, he gives the same illustration that Jesus gave. Uh, this, this overflow, this out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, the tongue can no man tame. Anyone agree? Amen. Yeah. There's no ability in yourself to make your tongue do what you want, okay? You can't control what you say. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith, with our tongue, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? See, the point is here that um, you can't, at the point of words exiting, tame your tongue. You can't. But what you can control is what goes in the heart. Follow me? You can only con- control the source. You can control what goes in, what you hear, uh, the people that you spend time with because you hear their words and many times you say what the people around you say. But we need to take an inventory of what's coming out so we can see what was in on the inside. And what James is saying here, there's a problem that Christians have. And this is where it gets really practical is because over here we can say, praise God. Hey, there's 10,000 reasons. He says, we, we, we got coming out of the same fountain. We got good words and we got bad words, okay? So over here we say, oh, that was so great. I really like that. And over here we're criticizing somebody or slandering somebody or speaking negatively. We're, we're speaking out the both sides of our mouth, okay? We're, we got a fountain. It's coming from our heart and in our heart is the evil things and the good things, all right? And the only way we can control what goes down is, is by putting in the right things, all right? So the principle of the overflow, truth of the overflow. I also want you to see the spiritual truth of outcome, of outcome. Proverbs 18.21, really important. We got to remember the words are powerful, that there is an outcome or a result, or something happens when you say words. doesn't matter how small they are. They always have a, a power. In Proverbs 18.21, the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Words have power. That's why Jesus warns every idle word or frivolous word is going to be judged, okay? We need to be careful what we say. Every one of us. Words have great power. And that's, that's amazing. God gives us that ability. It's, a, it's an ability that, that he had and he showed through his words. He spoke things into existence. And you have, with your words, the power to 
change people, the power to affect them negatively or positively. Uh, we have the power to do something with our words. There's always an outcome. Uh, after we speak, something happens. We either give life or we, we take it away. We can leave things better with our words or we can make them worse with our words. Uh, many times we help with our words. Uh, a lot of times we, we really tear people down with our words. So we have to remember Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, Pastor Tony will get up here and, and he will preach and his words have great effect um, because he's speaking God's words. But the point is that you can use your words to tell somebody about Jesus, right? You could tell them how, how somebody died on the cross for them, was buried, and, and Jesus rose from the dead. And if they put their faith in Jesus, they could be saved and live in heaven forever. And somebody hears your words and their eternity, I mean, their eternity forever is changed, okay? That is power. Just as true, people in history, people like Hitler, these uh, different politicians, it's very important, their words, because they have the power even to, to condemn someone to death or to determine what someone else does. Our words are powerful. So we have the truth of ownership. God owns us. We got we to gotta realize that. We have the truth of the overflow. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we have the truth of the outcome, that our words have power, good or bad. It's gonna, there's going to be an outcome. Uh, real practical, though, I want to give you just a few verses. I call them word filters, okay? You say, How do I, I need to walk away with something here tonight. There are three verses, and if you want to write these down, I say you should memorize these verses. These should be verses that are like right there, ready to go at any moment, because they're going to help you. What do I say? What would Jesus say? Well, he would filter his words through these filters, because we have the word of God, and, and this is what he said. These are, these are some filters that the Bible gives us. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 is great. You know why? Because it talks about an old man and a new man. It explains the fact that, you know what, somebody can be a liar, a thief, an adulterer, full of lust, hateful, wicked, bad person before Christ. But Jesus can forgive even the worst sin. And it speaks about this ability that we have to put off who we used to be and to put on Christ. Okay, In Ephesians chapter 4, um, I actually want to start in... Uh, verse number 22, and we're going to read down. The, the key verse is verse 29. But verse 22 says uh, th- that you put off concerning the former, the previous conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The idea is that there's a bad person and you've got to put him away. It's like changing your clothes, and you got to put on the fresh clothes, all right? There's a difference that should be made before and after. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak we every, every man truth with his neighbor. There's just a normal thing that people do before Christ. You know what they do? They lie. And you know what? After Christ, you're still a sinner. You're just a forgiven sinner with a, an, a spirit that's alive inside of you. You still have that sin nature that wants to lie. But the Bible says that God gives you the ability because the Holy Spirit lives inside you to put away lying. You don't have to lie anymore, okay? 
put away lying. And speak truth. Uh, verse 26 is, be ye angry and sin not. Let, the sun, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Don't steal anymore. Don't lie anymore. But rather let him labor, working with his hands. Look in verse 29. Here's the filter. Word filter number one. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. If you go to say anything, anything, you need to filter your words. You know what a filter is, right? You get those water filters. Some of you got them now in your water bottles, and it, like you put, there can be dirty water in, but when it goes to the filter, the good water comes out, okay? That's the idea. God gave us some filter verses. He's got some verses that we should filter everything through. Here's what it says. Let. What's the next word? No. What does no mean? If you have little kids and you tell them, what does no mean? No, you guys are out of it. What does no mean? No means no, right? No means no. Uh, that means none at all. Let no corrupt communication. The word corrupt, the Bible word means rotten, putrefied. That sounds gross. Unfit for use, poor quality, or morally corrupt. Corrupted by one part. The idea is if you've got a sentence of words and you're going to say that sentence and there's one part in that sentence that is bad, you don't say it. Okay? It's a filter. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Uh, proceed means, it's really cool. That's actually a word, the word flow. It's like that river out of your heart. It overflows. Don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for edifying, that which is encouraging, something that builds up. Uh, it says that it may give grace unto the hearers. Grace is the word that means it's a gift. It's a blessing, okay? If you can't say anything nice... Yeah, yeah, don't say anything at all. That's in there, right there. That's, that's where you get that, I think. Ephesians 4.29. God is very clear that just as we don't steal anymore, we work to get our stuff. Just as we don't lie anymore, we tell the truth. We stop saying negative things and bad things that cut people down, and instead we say things that bless, all right? It's the same. That's a filter. You have to put everything through. Now, there's a word in here. It's a word communication. Let no corrupt communication. I love that it says that because God's word applies to even this day. Back then, their forms of communication included, I don't know, scrolls and uh, talking verbally. But this applies to everything. Anything that comes out from you, okay? That includes your Facebook. That includes your Twitter, your Instagram. I'm going to make sure I cover them all. Your Vine, your Snapchat, Periscope, Skype, or FaceTime. Anything where you communicate. WhatsApp. Anyone use WhatsApp? Everything that you text, everything that you put online, it is coming from you, and you are not your own. And God said, don't let anything corrupt flow out of you. That includes your voicemails you leave, text messages, secret or public, or whoever it's going to, written notes. Those of you that write notes, I've heard that's a good thing to do when you write thank you notes. We try and do that sometimes. Uh, letters, emails. Now listen, this includes your grumbling when you're walking away, grumbling underneath of your breath. That's communication. Nothing corrupt should come out. That includes your whispers. 
That includes when you're with somebody behind closed doors and outside of closed doors. God says, let no corrupt communication. Is that clear? Does that verse make sense to everyone? None. No corrupt. We keep the corrupt from coming out, okay? Ephesians 4.29. The next verse I want to show you is Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. The verse says, do all things. How many things? This is getting real simple tonight, okay? Do all things. I need simple so many times. If I, I can remember these kind of verses. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. A murmuring, what is that? You say, I don't know what that means. Uh, murmuring is a, a secret debate. It's like, uh, it's, it's like secret complaining. It's when you mutter underneath your breath and you murmur. Uh, you're upset with something. And it's funny because God knows our hearts and he knows it's going to come out in words. So, so he's interested in your heart is, is the point of this. And, and we need to make sure that we're not uh, secretly complaining under our breath about something. Um, the other word here is without murmurings and disputings. Now, disputing is arguing or evil thoughts that come out. Okay? It gives the idea that you're a complainer. Okay? Nobody likes complainers. Okay, I'll just say it right up here. If you're a complainer, people don't like being around complainers. And this is the truth of the the scripture, is that we are not to do anything with murmuring and disputing. That's grumbling and complaining. Um, if, If when something happens in church or at work, if you're the one complaining and you are a Christian, you need to realize that God owns you. Okay, you need to realize that your lips were bought with a price. You need to realize that, man, these are coming out of my mouth. So what in the world is going on in my heart? Because whatever comes out of my mouth is coming out of my heart. You see how this all, God, God is going to show this to you. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Why is the question that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Really interesting thing about Jesus is when he said, ye are the light, he didn't say you should go be the light. He said you already are. So the question is not, am I a light? It's what kind of light am I? Uh, the verse says here that ye are the sons of God. It's, it's how are you representing him is the thing. And the reason why we don't murmur and complain because it says we're in the middle of a crooked and perverse nation. We're in the midst of a people that don't know Jesus, and we need to set a representation of who Jesus is, okay? We're to be different than them. We're to be different in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Uh, One more verse I want to share with you is Proverbs 8. Another word filter. Proverbs 8, verses 6 through 8. In Proverbs chapter 8, if, if you've read Proverbs, wisdom is uh, personified. It it's kind of speaks of itself as a human, as a person. And it's really nice when, when uh, wisdom or what God, godly wisdom would talk that way because you can relate to it. All right. And in Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom tells us how wise people speak. All right. I want to be wise. Anybody else with me? I want to speak the way God wants me to speak. What would Jesus say? Well, Jesus is perfect, isn't he? And he's wise. So let's look at what this verse says about speaking wisely. Wisdom says, hear, listen up, for I will speak of excellent things. 
and the opening of my lips shall be right things, excellent things. The word excellent is the word noble, has the idea of like a king or a royalty. Uh, it gives the idea of saying the best things. Some things are permissible and they're okay, and you could say it, but they're kind of questionable as if, are they the best thing to say, okay? Wisdom says excellent things. They say the best things at the right time. The opening of my lips shall be right things. That's morally right. For my mouth shall speak truth. Um, it's very difficult to say something wrong when very frequently you're speaking the Bible, okay? Whether you're sharing the Bible or talking about the Bible. Now, from what we've learned tonight, if you want the Bible to come out, what do you have to do with it? Put it in. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So wisdom speaks truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Abomination is, is something that God hates, okay? Um, if we're going to say the right thing, we don't say things God hates. It's an abomination to our lips. We wouldn't even think about saying things like that. All the words of my mouth, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. Pretty interesting stuff, huh? Um, God, he sets a very high standard, doesn't he? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Uh, there shall be nothing froward or perverse in them. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. I will tell you that this is a tall order for us to obey and to follow. And I will also tell you that God lives within you if you're a Christian, and he can help you to follow this. But you know what? God is a God of grace. He realized that um, salvation, being absolutely forgiven, is a miracle of a moment. Okay? Happens just like that. You get saved in an instant. You place your faith in Jesus. But sanctification, that's that, that process whereby God is making you more like Jesus, where you're speaking the way wisdom would speak and God would speak. That's a process. But God does have a high standard for Christians. He, he wants you to obey his word and be different. And so I hope that was helpful. Uh, remember uh, those, those uh, spiritual truths and, and then those word filters. And I think that'll be a help to us.